I often talk about the ape of the church on this channel. If you're not familiar with it, it's a phrase from the approved messages of various Catholic mystics who warned us over the centuries and even millennia of what looks like our time, a time of sin, modernism, and everything else that we are dealing with in the Catholic Church today. The characteristic features of the ape of the church is that these mystics saw a church being built over the Catholic Church. They often saw this as a parish or cathedral being built over a Catholic Church, as a sort of metaphor. An edifice that looked like the real deal, but behind the new building, the old was being dismantled by its builders with few noticing. These efforts were seen by all the mystics as failing in the end, but at a great cost, a cost so high that it is unfathomable, and being linked directly to the cause of a great chastisement that has yet to come. This concept is called the ape of the church because this new edifice apes the church in every way, but isn't really the church at all. I am a firm believer that we are seeing that edifice being built now, and have to some degree or other in the decades since the council but in recent years this has picked up incredible momentum. Our story today is of something that on the surface would seem fairly innocuous. It isn't a headline-grabbing event that's, that's come to pass. It's not even another interview given by Pope Francis to Eugenio Scalfari, my favorite thing, whenever it happens, where all kinds of strange things are said that the Vatican then has to clarify or cover for. No, this is different. This involves the publishing of a book by the Vatican. The book in question is the Vatican's new directory for catechesis, and is described by an article on this as the most concise, comprehensive, and systematic presentation of the core beliefs and methods yet prescribed for the quote-unquote post-conciliar church, a term that is used by the hierarchy themselves to describe the church today. Others use an even stranger term, one that points to this ape of the church the Church of the New Advent, with its own hymns that sing a new church into being. Regardless, this new direction, directory for catechesis is something we're going to go over now, so let's get into it. The directory for catechesis is an official guidebook for teaching the faith. It sounds pretty boring by itself, but at the most basic level, this book is THE guide for what this ape of the church believes, how it plans to inculcate those beliefs, and what methods it will use for training others. If the present catechism of the Catholic Church is in pretty rough shape and increasingly distrusted by the faithful because it's it's just ambiguous and overly large, then this is going to be even worse. One analysis of this document calls it the blueprint for essentially changing everything in the Church, with the aim that every Catholic institution imaginable implements the document. Your local convent or monastery? They're supposed to implement it. That FSSP, or Institute of Christ the King, sovereign priest parish you drive an hour to? They're supposed to implement it. Your diocese and all of its parishes? The same. On June 25, 2020, the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization held a press conference at the Vatican to reveal the new directory for catechesis. The president of this council was Archbishop Reno Fisichea, who at one time worked for the John Paul II Institute, and Prior to that, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and caused quite a stir when he said what we call the Moloch issue was essentially permissible. This prelate is now in charge of reshaping the Catholic faith for the 21st century at the behest of the current pontiff. Fisichea's reasoning was rooted in moral relativism, which seems to be the currency in the Church today, despite having been rejected explicitly by Pope Benedict XVI. In 1997, a directory was published that provided guidance for teaching the faith, and as far as the record goes, it didn't cause controversy. 
But this document has been deemed insufficient for our day, despite only being 23 years old, which in the church is a blink of an eye, and a total rewrite has been deemed to be needed. Why? I'm just going to quote directly what one commentator says on this, and it's from the blog that I'm sourcing a lot of this from, and they themselves have quoted members of the Pontifical Council in their answer, quote, The ostensible warrant for this totally new text is, of course, its current historical context, which the DC frames as an epochal watershed, a change of era, a dramatic shift taking place within the horizon of meaning of human experience itself. Therefore, the Church's teaching mission must enter a new stage, one where the goal of the catechetical process is reinterpreted, and the Church is called to rethink not only catechesis, but all other pastoral activities, even the most ordinary and traditional ones, in order to find new languages and forms of expression, as it strives to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ still relevant. End quote. I pulled that, and virtually all information for this episode, from a blog called Whispers of Restoration, and I have a link directly to it in my show notes today on my sources blog at returntotradition.org. I'm barely scratching the surface here, but that quote practically says it all. It sums up this pontificate perfectly, that humanity is changing and the faith and the church must change with it. We must get with the times. Sound familiar? It should, because it is what we've been dealing with since at least Amoris Laetitia, if not earlier than that, and that's just under the current pontificate. Since the council forces in the hierarchy have been working for that goal in some capacity for decades, and prior to that, the position had been argued for for the better part of a century prior. Hence why Gregory XVI wrote in response to all of that, Merari Vos, in the early 19th century, and even before that, why Pius VII wrote Deus Satis in 1800, which is an encyclical I put up just this past weekend, actually, on Saturday. So have go have a look. The analysis provided by Whispers of Restoration is staggering from an academic point of view. I've got personal experience doing this kind of analysis. I've engaged in this kind of work before doing my P- during my PhD work, and I'll tell you, it isn't easy to do. It's time-consuming. They went through all the footnotes, all 706 of them. <laughs> I'm going to quote them again here. Quote, One initial point of remark is the DC's frequent and adulatory references to Vatican II, often referred to simply as the Council, and held aloft as Il Grande Catechismo dei Tempi Nuova, the Great Catechism of Modern Times. They call it that in the preface. Appearing almost 60 years after the Council, which clearly failed to bring any flowering in Catholic catechesis, quite the opposite. In fact, it was something of a surprise to find the DC referencing it so often, In total, the D.C. manages to cite all but three of its 16 final documents, with nary a qualification or critique. And although it's unlikely that the editors intended to place the conciliar text on equal footing with the inspired word of God, it seems noteworthy that Vatican II is the only source besides Scripture to receive in-text citations. All other sources are footnoted. End quote. Take a look at this image here, and it says it all. As you can see, the Church Fathers are barely cited. And the texts from the preconciliar magisterial authority are referenced so little that in terms of total percentages, it's done in the single digits as a percentage. In fact, by their estimation, the postconciliar texts are cited over 30 times more frequently than the entire documentary history of the church prior. But it gets better. The three most off-cited sources in the document, from most to least, are scripture, 
that's good and fine, Francis himself in Vatican II, in that order. In fact, Francis's writings are cited orders of magnitude more than Benedict, John Paul II, Paul VI, or John XXIII. In other words, the absolute focus on the text itself is this pontificate. Do you remember when Francis was first made Pope that his boosters said to the media that within five years everything would be different? It looks like they may have gotten the time frame wrong. This is seen in the text itself with terms like new, newness, and others that point to novelty permeating the text of this document that's supposed to guide the teaching of the faith, appearing almost 300 times throughout. But the estimation of those doing the analysis, two-thirds of the text can be described as having the spirit of novelty to it. The document even calls for the creation of a new language, which isn't even that surprising. But also not surprising is that the new language is ambiguous. With the professional catechist who analyzed the document saying that in places it was unintelligible. As the author of the piece I'm citing here does, I'm going to quote Vigano. Quote, The systematic renunciation of the clear, unequivocal, and crystalline language of the Church confirms the desire to detach itself not only from the Catholic form, but even from its substance. End quote. Once upon a time, the Church always taught in crystal clear language, with little room for ambiguity or misunderstanding. That isn't the case now, and it appears to be something that will continue and grow into the conceivable future. I'm going to say in closing that the teaching of the faith is one of the most important things in the life of the Catholic, and that's why I'm covering this and similar stories recently. I know there's a lot of bizarre and concerning things going on in the world, but please don't lose sight of what's going on in the church, because the work of the ape of the church continues. Well, many people aren't even paying attention, and it may be even increasing in its speed. After all, Francis isn't getting any younger, and he and his supporters know this. The time may be drawing short, so we should expect this uh, to see more of this as time goes on. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please, and please check out the story on Whispers of Restoration. Again, I have a link to it on the Sources blog. I'll take you right to that piece if you want it. They're doing a series on this, and this was only the first part. So let me know what you think of this, and I'll probably continue to cover this in the future if you want me to. And please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.